Welcome to Taylor's Table, a podcast where we talk about what's cooking in the kitchen and in life. Taylor's Table is a production of Boss Pods Network, a division of Glades Media Radio Group. Welcome back to Taylor's Table. This will be episode one of the podcast. And this podcast focuses on some of my passions, mainly including cooking, wellness, reading, traveling, and just being an overall better person. So on today's episode, we're going to cover the basics of cooking. Yes, because anybody who is starting out on any journey has to go back to the basics. And this may seem like a simple explanation, but if there's anything I've learned in my years of cooking, it's that cooking doesn't always work out the way you think. Yes, you have simple instructions, ingredients, and everything should come together a-okay, but that's not always the case. Kind of like life, but more on that later. So we're covering the basics today, right? Bare minimum type stuff. And as I mentioned in my intro episode, I am by no means an expert chef, cook. I didn't go to school for cooking. This is just one of my passions and I have been researching it over the last few years. And it's also been a huge part of my childhood and of course now my adult life we're going to talk about the basics. Now, this is good for anybody, whether you're an aspiring chef, someone who's been cooking for years, or you're brand new, we can all benefit from going back to the basics. First things first, safety. Things like what to do during a grease fire. What should you do when handling raw and ready-to-eat food? And of course, making sure that you wash your fruits and vegetables. That is a number one. Do you always have to wash your meat? No. Some people wash their chicken. I don't. Uh, But you do you. But you want to make sure you do wash your fruits and vegetables, especially things like apples, potatoes. Make sure that you have a clean kitchen to work with. That's always a nice, clean slate. And of course, separate your raw food from ready-to-eat food. And I have a little key note here. I never use the same cutting board for meat and vegetables, bread, things like that, right? I always use two different cutting boards. Yes, it's more to clean, but it keeps you safe from any kind of food-related diseases and illnesses. Making sure you're using clean utensils, cooking equipment, electrical appliances after every use, and always, always, always wash your hands. Now, if you are brand new to the cooking scene, maybe you've never dealt with a grease fire before, but one of the number one ways to put out a grease fire is baking soda and, of course, cutting off the oxygen at any point. So if you have a metal pan, lid, or baking sheet, you can use metal tongs to put the lid on. Um, But the big thing is pouring a baking soda on there, cutting out any kind of oxygen, getting to the grease fire. The last thing you want to do is add any kind of water. All right. So now that we've talked a little bit about safety, of course, we'll cover a little bit more about that later on in the podcast. But let's go into your kitchen. Look around. What do you have? What kind of pots and pans do you have? What kind of kitchen appliances are you working with? Are we going stove, oven, air fryer, instant pot, different kind of pressure cooker, rice cooker? I mean, there are so many different cooking utensils out there that the list just goes on and on and on. And we're not even getting to like the outside cooking stuff, like your Traeger grills, your propane, um, your smokers, things of that nature. We're just talking about inside the kitchen itself. So what exactly are you going to be working with? If there's one thing I've learned in my years of cooking is to make sure that you have a plan and make sure you see what you have while you're making that plan. Checking out what kind of pots and pans 
ingredients you're going to be using. Certain recipes will call for certain kinds of pans or cooking utensils. Making sure that you have that stuff. If you're somebody who's maybe building your kitchen right now, you want to have a big wok or like a stir fry pan, skillet, that kind of thing. Nonstick is always the best. If not, getting some kind of spray oil can be very, very helpful. Of course, having some sort of deep dish pan and some regular like roasting pans, like a cookie sheet. You want to have some sort of big pot. That way, if you need to boil potatoes or pasta, things of that nature. And then I like to have a little pot too, kind of like a sauce pot. Um, And then I also use that to cook like, you know, canned vegetables or frozen vegetables. So really just kind of taking inventory on what you have, making sure that you have the appropriate stuff and or going out and buying them. Now, another thing I want to say is that you can also go to things like yard sales and thrift stores and places like that to get some second use stuff. Cast iron, I haven't really cooked with a lot of cast iron in my life. It's kind of intimidating to me, but I know there's a lot of people out there who swear by it. So if you've got cast iron, we'll cover that in another episode. But I just want you to be very aware of what you have in your kitchen, what you need, because the last thing you want to do is get halfway through your recipe and realize you need something. You can't just necessarily just up and leave. And I don't think DoorDash is going to bring you (laughs) a skillet. From that, just making sure you have all the correct utensils, things that you need. Now, we've talked a lot about pots and pans and stuff of that nature, but we're going to mosey over onto like utensils, things like a measuring cup, a whisk, having a good spatula. I always like these spatulas that have it's like a baking spatula i love those because they really can just get an entire pot super duper clean um so those and all this stuff is very inexpensive right depending on where you want to go and we're actually going to cover talking about when to go cheap versus when to put a little bit of green on it put a little bit of green on it i like that Uh, Yeah, let's talk more about what exactly we're going to be cooking. So having all of your utensils, your toolbox, if you will, figuring out what you want to cook. I had a person that I went through yoga teacher training with, and I'll never forget this. She was trying to lose weight and she was trying to eat salads like every day. And she was eating the salad and just the grimace on her face eating the salad. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I have to eat it. And I'm like, why? And she's like, because it's good for you. And I was like, yeah, that's great. But like, you are absolutely like (laughs) in pain almost. She's like, yeah, I really don't like kale. And I'm like, why are you eating it? And the same thing. She's like, you know, I read on a blog that it was really good for you and da 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 da. Chances are there's other things out there that are going to be good for you that you might actually enjoy. To me, there's no reason eating something that I don't have to, especially if I don't like it. I mean, it's one thing I feel like if you have some sort of nutritional deficiency or, you know, vitamin deficiency, but just your everyday person, there is no need to force feed yourself stuff that you don't like. Cook the things that you prefer. Cook the things that you're going to eat because I guarantee you by cooking the things that you enjoy, it's going to motivate you to get back into the kitchen, get you back into cooking. And that's what really this is all about. You want to continue to do something. You want to create a habit and you're not going to create a habit with something that you really don't like. Okay, so figuring out what exactly you want to cook. And the other part of that is thinking about the people that you have that are also going to eat your food. So if you're a parent, I know kids are super picky. 
Okay. And there's little tips and tricks with that too. And that's something we're going to cover in future episodes, but I don't have children, so I can't speak from experience, but I have been around a lot of kids and I know that they are predominantly pretty picky when it comes to food. They all have different palates, just like adults. So figuring out what we want to eat, what the people around us are going to eat, thinking about spice levels and textures and how that comes into play. And for me, I think a big part of, you know, when you are a kid and you're learning what you like and what you dislike, texture is important to think about and consider. So they may like raw onions, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to like cooked onions and vice versa. They may like chicken nuggets, but that doesn't mean they're going to like a chicken breast cut up in a nugget form. You may actually have to do ground chicken and make the nuggets that way. Future episodes, we're going to cover some different recipes for you guys to try out on different palettes and different textures because I'm a big texture person too. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about beginning your cooking journey. The sun's shining, birds are singing, and all feels right in the world. Until the season changes, and suddenly you lose your motivation to get out of bed. In fact, one in five people experience some form of depression, no matter the season or time of year. At the American Psychiatric Association Foundation, our vision is to build a mentally healthy nation for all, because we want you to live your best life and be your best you all year round. Please visit mentallyhealthynation.org to learn more. And we're back. Okay, so what kind of time do you have? Like realistically, do you have hours to spend in the kitchen? Are you somebody who gets sidetracked really easily and you're going to end up burning something? Are you somebody that maybe has had trouble in the past boiling a pot of water? Whatever it may be, thinking about what kind of time you have. For me, my schedule is insanely busy most of the days, but some days I get a decent lunch break and that will allow me to make a little bit more intricate food items. But for the most part, I had to keep it pretty simple and I like to do that by meal prepping. And actually that's one of my next episodes we're going to talk about is meal prepping to make it just easier for you in general. And I'm not saying meal prepping, like making an entire meal, but making pieces of a meal so that you can easily throw stuff together. But again, we will talk about that in a future uh, episode. Today, we're just talking about the basics and just really getting down to what you want to cook, how you want to cook it, what do you have to cook it with, and what kind of time are you willing to spend on that? So moving to my next point is the budget on whatever it is that you're going to be cooking. Because if you are like me and you are trying to pinch pennies, find that financial freedom, you don't want to be spending buku's amounts of money on foods that you can get for very small prices, similar prices, or cheaper depending on where you go and where you live. So I live in a very rural, small town, and I don't have access to a lot of these bigger grocery stores, right? But I do have some really cool ones, and I have some very niche ones in this town that make it very easy to still make complex foods without having to drive an hour to get those ingredients or order them offline, which is what a lot of people do these days. And sometimes there are benefits to paying a little extra for better quality food. But if you're making something like chicken and yellow rice, You don't need to have the most gourmet chicken out there unless you really want to. You don't need to go buy this huge name brand yellow rice. Like you can really just make this stuff at home with really cheap ingredients um, and it's still going to taste delicious. Now, yes, there are certain things that you need to spend a little extra money on, but it really just goes back to the recipe itself and also your flavor profile. 
having a learning approach to cooking. You're going to find stuff that you like. You're going to find stuff that you don't like, and you're going to figure out where your strong suits are. Like for instance, for me, I'm really good with like comfort foods and casseroles and sauces and pastas, but I am not good with stir fries. Like, I don't know what it is. This one time I made the stir fry. I was so excited about it. And I was going to make like the homemade stir fry sauce, right? I was going all out. Had my whole, you know, Asian style veggies to go with it. Chopped up my chicken, was marinating my chicken. Everything was perfect down to the detail as far as ingredients go and timing. I thought I had it all right and everything was going to be fantastic. I plated it. I went to go bite into it. And oh my heavens, it was absolutely atrocious. I was like, who made this stir fry? Who made it? Surely it wasn't me because I would never, (laughs) I was so shook. I was like, how is this happening right now? Like, and honestly, I kid you not guys, like I followed this recipe to a T and it still did not come out right. I was like scratching my head afterwards. Like, what did I do wrong? And I still could never figure it out. I tried doing the recipe again later on down the road and it was just something funky about it. So I just kind of 86 that, which is a term that we use. I was a waitress for a long time and uh, for a long time, for like four years. And 86 is a term that you use that you don't want it. It's done. It's gone. You don't have any more of it. So we 86 the idea on stir fries. And now my partner, he typically does uh, stir fries or any kind of Asian stuff. Now I'm willing to try again. It's been a few years and I think I would just try a different recipe, but this was a very basic one. So in my head, I was like, this should work out perfect, right? I'm starting out. I didn't use super expensive ingredients just in case it didn't go right. And I still was left with subpar stir fry. (laughs) So sad. So, so sad. Light doesn't always work out the way that we want it to, but if we gave up every time that that happens, we wouldn't have the capacity to do anything. You don't try something new and expect to come right out of the gate being like a pro at it. I'm sure pro wrestlers, pro football players, pro soccer players, football, if you're in a different uh, continent, uh, you know, these folks, they didn't come right out the gate being the best that there ever was. Sure, there's people out there that just have a natural talent for things, but it's not a natural talent for all things. Okay, I guarantee you they had some failures, they had some setbacks, and I bet they just dusted themselves off and tried again. And I think that that's very important to remember while cooking, because for some folks, it comes really easy to them, but for some folks, not really. But if you keep trying, then all you're going to do is just get better at it or figure out what you don't do well and what you do well, which is what I did. And I think that that's important through all aspects of life. I I think another part of failing is it gives you an opportunity to find new ways to do the same stuff as others. Because if there's something I've learned, especially being in a 10-year relationship, is that it doesn't matter how it gets done necessarily as long as it gets done. Which is so hard of a lesson to learn. Because if you're like me, who's very type A control freak, I want stuff done a certain way, but I want stuff to get done. I'm not going to sit here and have this huge fight and have this huge argument because they're not doing it the same way I am. As long as it's getting done, who cares how they got there? When I was planning out my research for this particular episode, I actually came across a few quotes regarding failure, and I thought that they would be pretty fun just to share here at the end of the program. One of them is by Thomas Edison, and it says, I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways that won't work. (laughs) 
I love that. I think that is so fabulous. Okay. This other one is um, from Nelson Mandela. It says, do not judge me by my successes. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. I just love that so much. I just think that is such a fantastic thing to remember when you are cooking, because this is something that should be fun. You should be enjoying the journey, not getting stressed out, not yelling at your spouse because they didn't dice the onions properly, which I have done before. I'm sorry, Ethan. (laughs) Another quote that I stumbled upon is from Ellen DeGeneres, and it says, it's failure that gives you the proper perspective on success. And I just love those so much. And I think we just have to remember in life, in cooking, that it's okay to fail. It's okay to get back up and try again, as long as you continue to try and try again. So I hope that you have learned something in this podcast episode. I hope that you will subscribe to future episodes. I'm so very excited to cover more on this journey of cooking together. And as always, you're welcome to send recipes to me via email to taylorgladesmedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining me at the table. Thanks for tuning into Taylor's Table, a production of Boss Pods Network, a division of Glades Media Radio Group. We hope you'll join us during the next episode of Taylor's Table. Feel free to email Taylor at gladesmedia.com if you have any questions or recipes you'd like for us to share on the show.